Hey everybody, welcome to the In All Things podcast. It's time to see God in everything. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the In All Things podcast. My name is Mitch Frost. And my name is Steve Markle. How are you this morning? I'm okay. How are you? Um, you know, I'm not feeling great. No? What's Got wrong? Got a little What's bit of a on? little sore throat, headache. Uh, started yesterday afternoon and last night took some NyQuil, so... You know, not at my best, but I'm here. How about you? I mean, you're debuting a Band-Aid on your head today. I don't know if today's the debut. I wore it all day yesterday. I mean, for a podcast. Oh, okay. Podcast. Uh, podcast that is mostly people not watching. Well, I don't know. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, exciting weekend in my life. I busted my face open mm-hmm. playing pickleball. It's not easy to do. No. Uh, especially because I wish the story was better. I did it to myself. I was hoping for something really more dramatic, a diving um, save, but no, you hit yourself with the re- paddle. Yep, hit yeah. myself with the paddle. Uh, I don't really have shame. It doesn't really matter. I played that night after it happened, so it's really not going to Yeah, we're talking about this. Like, for men, it's like uh, a mark on our head. Like a, a cut is kind of a badge of honor, hmm. right? A little bit. Like, kind of be proud of it. You're tough. You got to cut. No. Not, not for you. <laughs> I don't think I that's don't true. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Uh, no, it was Saturday morning. Got up, uh, went and played some pickleball. It was an awesome day for it. And played for about an hour. And then we were starting another game. And I just swung too fast, too close to my face. And the corner of it got right above my eyebrow. And so I... I didn't know right away how bad it was, obviously. So I was just like, oh, that really hurt. And I put my hand over my face. And then I was like, my hand is full of blood right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I kind of knelt down and it was like just dripping Pray. all over the cord. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so my yeah, head hurt sorry. really bad all day yesterday. I can imagine. Or for Saturday. And then you told me yesterday as you were going into preach at the well that it hurt to raise your eyebrows. Oh, yeah. So still that's try, I'm fun. still trying not to do that today. Like it's very like sore when I move because yeah, it's right above mm-hmm. my eyebrow. So I'm trying to keep them down. It's amazing how much expression we use with our eyebrows, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. I've, okay. Last couple of days I've tried not to. So okay. I'm, so far I'm I getting good they at it. Moved. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, but the swelling's going down today. This is day three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, day three. Uh, so it's not as swollen. It was pretty swollen the last couple there. of days. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm feeling good today. That's <laughs> so good. that's good. Um, anything exciting for you from yesterday or from this past week or weekend or anything like that? You didn't break your face open, so that's good. I didn't. That was good. Um, no, I um, had a good day yesterday at church. It was a fun morning. Uh, worship was great. Um, enjoyed preaching. And then we had our small group last night and we had a bonfire, campfire, I should say, with a fire pit. Um, roasted marshmallows, and we studied James chapter 2, second half of the chapter. Had like 17 adults around the circle. It was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, really good time. Um, so that was my Sunday, Saturday, Buckeye game and house projects and stuff like that. What about you besides your yeah. injury? Anything Saturday, exciting? Saturday, was, yeah. Saturday took up, uh, the injury took up mm-hmm. some of it. So yeah. there's that. Um, but Sunday was, yeah, Sunday morning was good. Um, good day here at the church. And um, lots of people asking about my face, so you know, had to have the answer ready. Um, Sunday night was a lot. Yeah. It was one of those nights in ministry that was just like, um, it's funny because a couple. I've been feeling this a lot last couple weeks, um, and I've been talking to some pastors that you know I know have feel this as well. But it's just like, and I'm sure you're going to relate to this, and Jared's going to relate to this. But when you care about the people that you lead, and you care about the people's lives that you you know, are doing ministry for and to, 
um, when they're going through things or there's problems that get brought to your attention, you feel the weight a lot mm-hmm. more. It would yeah. be a lot easier to do ministry if you didn't care mm. about, I don't know, easier, but <laughs> it would be less of a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just some weeks and some seasons of ministry where you just feel it a lot more, and there's a lot more that kind of gets put on your plate. Um, and so last night was one of those nights at the yeah. well where there was just a lot of those types of conversations. And um, I'm very thankful for the fact that we... You know, we have students that are willing to come to us and tell us these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, there's sometimes where it just becomes a lot. And um, there's a conversation, I think, that we're starting to have with some of our leaders of just we need to have some better boundaries in place of just yeah. there's some things that we cannot and we should not deal with um, just being volunteers at a youth ministry. You're um, not equipped to. Maybe. We need to have yeah, some, right. some better systems in right. place to either immediately call their parents or um, give them a number to call. Like we, we just need to set mm. up some more of those things because uh, we've just been carrying a lot of it, I think, for a while. So Yeah, that that's a, hard, man. That that's that's, that's so hard. I know I was texting with you and Lexi a little bit last night about it and just, and, you know, some of the kids, my son and some others came home just talking about it. And they were like, um, burden for other kids, you know. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's cool that you've created an atmosphere where people are bringing their friends and it's growing. But the bigger it grows, the more um, you're going to have students with with problems. Mm-hmm. We all everybody mm-hmm. has problems, and totally. I know what you're saying because it's like the hard. I think the tension for us as pastors is we love and care for people, and I know you do, and I know I do. But when you have the big picture, you have to keep in mind, and you have 70 students there on a Sunday night. And, you know, we have 500 people on Sunday morning. It's like, I have to keep the big picture in mind. I can't get consumed with the one in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I have to care about all of them. But I'm really burdened for what's happening in that one or that one's life. And Mm -hmm. finding the right ways to handle all that is one of the biggest stresses, I think, that that we face. And, I mean, it's what God called us to. So I would (laughs) – I I guess maybe I've met a few guys I've gotten in the ministry that didn't care as much. It was more about mm. the nuts and bolts of just doing it. Sure. I don't I don't think they last long. Mm. They may don't maybe they don't get burnt out as much or don't lose as much sleep over, but I don't think they're in it for the long run. I don't know yeah. how you feel called to ministry if you don't care about people to that level. Yeah. But totally. we do have to you have to keep boundaries. Mm-hmm. I know that's hard because yeah. it's like if it keeps you up at night a lot and you're stressed over it or whatever it is, you know, and your leaders feel overwhelmed, that's not mm. good. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway. Anyway. Um, ministry. Overall, though, it mm-hmm. was a good night. We kicked off a new series. Um, it's like a new repeat, chapter two of a series. Mm-hmm. We did a series last October called Ghost Stories, talking mm-hmm. about the testimonies of our lives because of the Holy Spirit. So we call it Ghost Stories. Right. Um, and this year we're doing a part two. So we're taking a little bit deeper, um, kind of bringing it back and setting up a testimony night that we do every single year um, and stuff like that. And so that's fun. That's exciting. Um, How do you feel about part two of our offended series here at the church? Good. Good. We talked about the difference between being offended versus living offended. Being offended is inevitable, but living offended is a choice. And Every day, there's options uh, that we have to be offended, and we will be. But keeping those those offenses, those uh, things that make us angry, and letting them grow, and even in our adult small group last night, we talked about it a little bit, and uh, just the analogy. Um, somebody really liked the analogy of the of the way we nurture our anger. We like treat it like a baby. We feed it. We hold on to it. We repeat it. We don't want to let it go. And it just there's nothing good about that. There's nothing yeah. healthy about going to bed angry. That's why. Uh, Paul said in Ephesians, uh, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you will take care of it, do whatever you got to do, apologize, ask forgiveness, give forgiveness on the day of the offense, man, life is so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, that's, I mean, that's just 
I think it's hitting home to so many people. I've, you know, everyone, some series are like, they're more like, I'm learning, I'm learning a lot, I'm taking a lot in. Some, you know, like a book of the Bible or a study of a character in the Bible or like a, like a Christmas theme, whatever. But this one, like this is so practical and mm-hmm. so applicable in everybody's life. They're so relating mm-hmm. to it. And I'm hearing more comments than normal because it's just, okay, this is really at home. So mm-hmm. yeah, how'd you feel about yeah, it? You listened, good. right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, you hit home with it. That's good. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those things that is hard for the church not to respond to. You mm-hmm. know, it's one of those things that we've talked, we talked about this last week um, for a while on this podcast. But um, yeah, a series like this, you know, nobody's above it. Nobody's separated from it. We're all offended. <laughs> and We uh, are. And so I, I think everybody, if they lean into this series, can take something out of it. For sure. Good. So, yeah. um, so today we're going to shift gears. We're not talking about being offended okay. at all. all right. uh, we... So we end every episode of this podcast pretty much asking people to send in um, ideas, topics, questions, Correct. all that kind of stuff. And um, some people, I'm going to emphasize some people, we could use some more, but some people are really good at this. Okay. Um, a lot of people could step it up because everybody has questions. But right. anyway, uh, some people are good at it. And recently I've gotten a handful of questions about the Bible. Okay. Um, so a handful of different questions pertaining to the Bible. We talk about it a lot. We are a church mm-hmm. and every pretty much everything we do is based on the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so um, naturally we talk about it. And I think sometimes um, from a pastor's point of view, you assume that people know what you know, or you assume mm-hmm. that people understand it the way that you understand it. Sure. So I've been, just been getting some different questions of, um, you know, what do we do with this area and how do we know it's true and a bunch of different mm-hmm. types of things. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be um, interesting for us to kind of have a demystifying the Bible episode here okay. today. Okay. Um, so I've kind of split it up into some different um, topics. And here's the deal. Uh, let's just say this uh, off the jump before <laughs> we get into it. Um, this isn't going to be like, you know, a Bible class or mm. a Bible course. This isn't going to be like a seminary level. Let's give you everything we know. Mm-hmm. This is going to be like, let's go through these different topics, give you some tools, give you some handles to kind of understand these things better. And then we'll wrap it up and we'll call it a day. That's great <laughs> because it's been about 30 years since I took yeah. theology and the class, part of the class was bibliology, I guess, where we studied the study of the Bible. And so I don't have those notes with me. So mm-hmm. it's going to be, we're going to be just going by the seat of our pants here. Yep. And hopefully a lot will come to my mind. It'll be good. It'll, It'll be, be good. good. So, okay, cool. First thing I want to talk mm-hmm. about uh, is just the basics, the Bible 101, if you will. Um, let's just talk about kind of how it's made up, what it's all about, and we'll okay. just kind of go deeper from there. So um, what are like the basics of the Bible that you know? Well, 66 <laughs> books. There we right? go. Exactly <laughs> we start there, Old and New Testament. Yep. Old Testament uh, 39 and New yep. Testament 27. Yep. There you go. About 40 plus different authors. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't know. Around 40 some, yeah. 40 some authors. Um, yeah. Written Human over, authors. I think that's important right, to add. Right. Written by people. Human, right? Written by people, inspired by God Boom. over a period of 1,500 years, like mm-hmm. 15 centuries. Mm-hmm. It took from the beginning of when Moses started writing until John. Um, yep. John was about 90 AD. And after that, the end of Revelation said, no more will be added to no. this. So, Yeah. Yeah, there we go. There so, we go. That's the basics. What, there's um, the basics. What do you want? Uh, yeah. No, I've heard it kind of described, and I really like this approach to the Bible, um, is to not think about it like a book. Okay, stick with me. So um, the way that I've heard it and the way that I've explained it to other people is like if you can, if you're imaginary or you have good imagination like me Mm -hmm. and you're a visual person, picture yourself walking into a library and this library is the Bible. Inside this library, you have 66 different books that you can choose from. Okay. And these 66 different books have different genres. 
They're different authors. They're sure. different. Uh, some of them are collections. You have, you know, number one, number two, mm-hmm. these different series and things like that. But, you know, on, on one side of the library, you have the Old Testament. On one side of the library, you have the New Testament. And um, you can kind of walk through this library. And not everything is going to, you know, feel, sound, um, mean the same thing. Some of it is, um, you know, prophecy. Some of it is um, like kind of more poems and songs. Some of it is very real. Some of it's historical. Some sure. of it, um, there's just lots of different genres. Lots of sure. different things that make up this Bible that we have. So that can kind of help as you start mm-hmm. to think about um, what the Bible is. Is it's a little bit bigger than just like, you know, here's one book. There's a lot right. that it, it encompasses. You know, and like you said, it's what like did you say like 1,500 years, something like 1,500 that, years, and it's and it's consistent. And right. It's not contradictory of itself, and this the same thread right. of God's story goes from Genesis to Revelation, which right. is pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you've heard the library approach before. No. Is that um, your? Is that you create that? No. <laughs> but uh, there's a there's a book by Dan Kimball okay. called How Not to Read the Bible. And it's one okay. of my favorite books on the Bible that I've read okay. in the last couple of years. So if anybody's very what was the idea? Um, every section is kind of um, different things that we do wrong when we approach the Bible. Okay. And so the whole point of the Bible is of the book is like here's how not to do it, and therefore you find out how to do it. So sure. he gets deep into all different kinds of stuff. Um, it's really really good if anybody's very interested in this conversation. But that's where I got the library approach. I really like it, um, just because you know a, a book typically has one author, one genre, one approach, right. one you know, and this has one story, but right. it's kind of a collection mm. of sixty six books, right. kind of put well, together the, in one. Right. The so. idea of one author, it is one author. It's God, it is. but humanly speaking. 40 plus people wrote it mm-hmm. and God inspired them mm-hmm. to write it. And I but think, they, even them, they have different personalities, different right. stories, God different didn't approaches. control it. It yeah. wasn't like God took their hand and made them pen the words exactly. It was mm-hmm. their own style, their Absolutely. own personality put on it. That's why, I mean, for, for example, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tell the same story of Jesus, of his life, but they tell it from their perspective and their style of writing. Mm-hmm. And even some of, some of them, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic, which means they're similar Gospels. And John tells a lot of different stories that they don't tell, but they tell some of the same stories and they tell different parts of it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people try to argue that there's contradictions. They just they just told different parts. Mm-hmm. Like one guy cares more about uh, details, like Luke's the doctor, and mm-hmm. he put more in about the exact numbers of things, and mm-hmm. some of them are just less into that. They're more yeah. about the the uh, relational part of it. So it's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. It's really cool how it all comes together and how we have it today in our hands. Right. Which Dude. we're going to get into that. Yeah, like right. how do we know what we have is what we should have. Yeah. You know? um, so yeah, start there. Um, you know, written by people, divinely inspired by God. Um, and yeah, it's kind of this collection of 66 books that mm-hmm. tell the story of God's, you know, redemption and humanity. Yep. So let's move on to the next little section I have. How do we know it's true? Um, how are we so confident that this Bible that we have is true? Anywhere you want to start? Yeah, <laughs> man, there's so many places to go. I mean, it's proven itself to mm-hmm. be true historically yep. uh, over time. Totally. Uh, prophecy, um, ha- the prophecies in the Bible. Now, some of them haven't come true yet, but there are just hundreds of prophecies mm-hmm. that have come true, um, going back to the Old Testament. And um, so many came true. With Jesus, totally. I mean, he couldn't have. I mean, there was no controlling where he was born, mm-hmm. and the different prophecies about Jesus. So it's like yeah. the prophecies that have come true, um, the historical references that have been accurate, mm-hmm. the um, the lack of contradiction from beginning to the end totally. of how it all speaks to itself. Um, um, Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you start with Jesus, and you say, "Well, okay, he proved who he was, right?" Mm-hmm. And then Jesus, what did he do? He quoted the Old Testament. 
all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Jesus gave validity to, validity to the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, that's a start. And yep. then we had the various councils in the 300s that um, formed what we call the canon of the Bible, mm-hmm. which were the books that were accepted. And because you may be going there, but yep. there's a lot of other... Um, books so this like the 66 we have weren't all that were considered there was many others that were considered and they didn't meet the criteria mm-hmm. they didn't have new testament references into the old testament um they weren't, had to be eyewitness the new testament had to be written by people who had actually seen jesus mm-hmm. so there's all the criteria that they had and they were very careful about that it was a very meticulous process yeah. to make sure that what we have is god God's inspired work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we can kind of get into that now. We don't need to wait for it. Yeah, let's talk for a moment, and then we'll kind of go back to how we know it's true, because I think there's a couple other things I want to hit on. But um, yeah, let's focus in on this uh, kind of how do we know the 66 books are the 66 mm. books, right? <laughs> and you kind of touched on it. You know, there have been councils and councils and mm-hmm. boards and groups of men and women who have like just peeled through this Bible and through right. the canon of Scripture and, and through the missing texts of Scripture and trying to figure out and navigate, okay, here's the criteria, here's how we know what you know needs to be in the hands of every Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, right. um, There's a lot of people that do that for a living. They study you know, those right. texts and get into the, the depths of, I mean, way above my pay grade, people mm-hmm. who get into those things. And, and let's add this too, people who have been placed in those roles by God mm-hmm. to you know, sift through the historical accounts of scripture and and and, and right. those things to bring us the Bible that we have you right. know um, and so I, I just think that's important to make note of too is you know it, let's say there is a group of 300 something people that are working on these manuscripts okay you talking not, about back then right back yeah, then yeah, yeah. Right. it's not like one of them is gonna be like oh God wants us to keep these 66 and then that's how it ended up being no there was unison as these these groups yeah. worked together and people, right. okay we need this and this isn't necessarily you know necessary to the overall story of God and um, those types of things right there were other some of those other books that were considered had historical data that was accurate yeah absolutely. and they had because um, they were written at the same time and they had told some of the same stories they were accurate they also had um, some theological things in them that were correct, yeah. but they also had inconsistencies mm-hmm. or things that did contradict other things mm-hmm. and or um, some weird prophecies or things like that yeah. that just said they don't meet the criteria. They can be looked at as, as literature mm-hmm. and maybe good literature, maybe something that could be helpful. Yeah. There's a section of books, the Apocrypha, that mm-hmm. were written in that intertestamental period between Malachi and Matthew when when we didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And in that period, these books were written and they did not meet the criteria. They didn't stand up in the council of Nicaea and the other council, um, I forget, Carth- Carthage or something like that afterwards. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Roman Catholic Church has adopted them as part totally. of their Bible. Yep. Yeah, so we we don't. Yeah. Yeah. The one way that I've always thought about it is like, if this stuff is actually true, okay, let's take a step back and let's say that you and I, we firmly believe that everything that happened in scripture is true. Would you say Mm -hmm. that's true? Um, Yes. (laughs) I hope so. I do. (laughs) So if that's true, if Jesus actually walked the planet earth, Mm -hmm. okay, if the the crazy stories of the Red Sea and the, uh, I mean, just keep going, Daniels and Lions and all Mm -hmm. these, David and Goliath, all this stuff. If that stuff actually happened, of course, there's going to be countless things written about it. Right, right, if right. Huge moments like that happened, mm-hmm. even with Jesus' right. life alone, of, right. of bringing Lazarus back from the dead and healing people and like just casting out demons and all this stuff and the starting of the church and it just exploded and all this stuff that happens in the New Testament, right? Right. Of course, there's going to be countless things written about it because it was amazing things to witness. Correct. So we got to understand that like 
you know, the 66 books of the Bible that we have written by people divinely inspired doesn't mean that those are the only things written. I mean, that's logically, that Logic. there's no way that there's that's a lot work. of writing. There's going gotta on. be so much stuff written there that was... we'll never see. Right. Correct. Because people were like, even if it was just, you know, this is a big thing that people talk about nowadays is like the importance of writing stuff down. Let's say you, Steve, were, were alive in that time and you were witnessing Jesus is his actual ministry hmm. and you had kids that were really young and weren't going to be able to, you know, maybe see everything he was doing. There might be a part of you that's like, I'm just going to write this stuff down in a journal because right. I want my kids to know the eyewitness account that I have. Yeah. Well, why isn't that in scripture? Like we got to understand there's, there's just way too much, right? right? Well, and there was people that were writing things that were trying to pose as if they were a gospel, like the gospel of Philip, I think the gospel mm-hmm. of Peter and people were, were, and then they looked at it and like, this doesn't, this isn't consistent. Like this person wasn't really there. And so I think that's one of those things. It's like, I, I'm so thankful yeah. that they, that they were motivated to write these things down for mm-hmm. us and that God led them in doing that so that we have what we have today. And one of the one of my verses that I I don't remember if it's which one of the gospels has it, but it says something, I think it's John, that these books don't even contain, you know, a, just a small portion yep. of the stories of yep. Jesus. And yeah, I'm I like, think that is John. I would love a love of love, I guess, in heaven one day to hear all the things that we oh, didn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like what was it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that Jesus right. did? There could be so many more things that we'll hear about yeah. one day, which is a super exciting kind of maybe that's what they do in heaven. That's yeah. what church is about. Let me tell you some other stories. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean it's like Jesus was here for, you know, thirty three rough years yeah. and three and a half of ministry. Right. And so and we we get a pretty good look at those three and a half years, but even then, I don't think we've scratched the surface of who he was. Wouldn't you like to hear about the first 30, too? Right. Like, yeah. what oh, did absolutely. he do? Like, yeah. when he was, like, we've got 18 like one to story. 30, he was an adult, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, so he was a carpenter. But, like, mm-hmm. what kind of interactions? Yeah. Did, who who met him then and was like, this guy's something different? There's, right. I mean, because he still was God then. I mean, Even yeah. though he wasn't. He was still perfect. Yeah. He was still, you know. Kind and loving and, and probably If you want a table or a chair built, go to that guy. He's right. going to be honest. He's going like, to give you a good deal. I don't know. Like, Think I, about people I, who interacted with him on a daily basis. I'm sure at least somebody in that time was like, I'm going to write about this guy. Like, yeah. I'm just going to take notes about yeah. how he treats people. There's got to be stuff like There's that. There's got to be. But, right? But that didn't end up in the Bible no. that we have. So we got to understand that it's just too big. It's yeah. just too much. There's if, if this is true, if this is real, if these things actually mm-hmm. change the fabric of the world that we live in and histor- history that we have... There's, there would be way more written than the 66 sure, books that we sure. have. Sure, sure. And I think the good thing is it was done close enough to when it happened. By 300, they had finalized the canon. Mm-hmm. Close enough that there was enough accounts of people that had, they weren't that far removed from that, yeah. that they actually heard the accounts of what Jesus did and their grandparents saw him. You yeah. know, it wasn't like, yeah. well, we never heard of this is all made up. No, wait, 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 wait a minute. It's not that far removed. Mm-hmm. So um, they could verify and, and uh, they had a lot of sources. So yeah. I, I feel comfortable, very comfortable, very positive, very um, much that the Bible has the authority and it was God's, what we have is what God wants us to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and another thing, just kind of closing this part of this conversation, there's some people who do like to study, you know, those missing books. There's some people that do like to get into the Apocrypha and, you know, the Book of Enoch and, and the Dead Sea Scrolls yeah. and all these different things. And and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I do want to say that in a conversation like yeah. this. I know people who are just very interested in, you know, what wasn't included in the, in the Bible. And getting into the history of those things, I, it's not wrong. <laughs> no, if you're into that kind of stuff, you're in the history, you're in the studying that kind of thing, I I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. No. I think it could be, you know, 
I wouldn't get too caught up in it. And, but, yeah. But still, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's work our way back. So okay. Now we kind of talked about those missing books of the Bible. Um, some people were like, I didn't know there was missing books there of the Bible. Any. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there aren't. But uh, now let's work our way back and kind of get into some other ways right. that we know it's true. Because I do think okay. that's a big part of this conversation okay. is historically it proves itself. We've kind of talked mm-hmm. about that, right? Um, it's just so consistent. It's so bulletproof in right. its logic. It's it, There's right. no book like it. Um, and, and also another word on the historical side of it too, like there have been things, you know, let's one big example that I've always heard about was, you know, how there's like chariot wheels found in the Red Sea where it parted, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's been things Noah's like Ark. that. Yeah. yeah. Like there's been stuff that has yeah. been found by, you know, archeologists or whoever that mm-hmm. yet again, prove some of these stories that mm-hmm. we read about. Um, you know, I, I, one thing I always like to talk about with students when we get into stories like that is like, let's take a moment let's realize that this actually happened. This is a, histor- this is a historical story. Because mm-hmm. um, I think that's an important reminder for us. For sure. Um, I mean, some of the hardest ones to believe are like Jonah. Mm-hmm. Jesus actually referenced Jonah. I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus verified that that was real. Yeah. And that'd be, so, I mean, like when you think about what's the most outrageous story in the Old Testament that's hard to believe? Oh, I mean, gosh. Jonah ranks yeah. up there, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and Jesus said that Jonah happened. But even like, you know, I mean, there's just a lot. I think about like Jericho, you know, like mm-hmm. walking around a city seven times that's, and it falls down, you yeah. know, like yeah. there's just so many right. stories. And, um, yeah, I, I think historically, logically, it holds up. Another thing I want to say, too, about how do we know it's true is when you actually live it out, when you actually buy into, let's take just one example, but we could go much bigger than this, but let's take the example of Proverbs. Okay, yeah. so Proverbs is a book where it's all about wisdom, sure. right? Solomon asked God for wisdom. Mm-hmm. He got it. He writes this whole book about, it's really just sayings. I mean, it's one of the books that's hardest to follow because every verse could be something completely different. Oh, yeah. Just little like Absolutely. tweets. Um, and if you actually begin to live out those practices with God in your life or without him, you're going to find out that those things actually work. Absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. just logic. It's a logic. Like I was talking with my group last night. We were talking about this sermon series. And some newer people to the church, it's just the fact that we're talking about living offended versus being offended. Even if you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Christ, a lot of these principles really work in your life. Yeah. And, and that's the great thing about the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's not just, I mean, New Testament, Old Testament, Proverbs, great example of how the principles of the Bible are true. Mm-hmm. They live them out. So yeah. Yeah. they hold up in yeah. your life, no matter Absolutely. You know, what your situation is, no matter what, how you're raised, they, they hold up. Right. And, and you know, the words of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the, the writings of the apostles, all these things, when you pour yourself into them and you're like, you know what, I'm going to try that out. I'm going to try to, you know, um, be slow to get angry and quick to listen and, and you know, like slow to speak. Like, yeah. I'm actually going to try to do those things. Yeah. And what you're going to find out is like, just as a, you know, human being, your life is going to be improved. And I think that's one of the biggest proofs we have yeah. of the Bible is it proves itself when you live it out. It, I think, I don't know, if, it's just so relatable in the fact that the Proverbs written by Solomon, mm. so much wisdom, live it out, changes your life. The same guy also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm. And like, I don't know what the meaning of life is. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, Like, isn't that amazing? And I think that makes a Bible even more relatable because mm. it's like, okay, uh, I can learn how to live, how to make sense of my life, and I also can admit, I can admit that the people even then that wrote this struggled in their own lives yeah, trying to figure it out. I, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. But one of my favorite things about the Bible that we have is it's not just made up of perfect stories with perfect people. Almost no. every person used, we can say every person used by God was was flawed and was messed up, and, and the Bible records their mess-ups. Like I think that's one of the coolest things. Well, absolutely, and the end of our study last night in my small group was James chapter two, the end of it, talking about 
uh, faith and works. And he talks about Abraham mm. uh, proved his faith by being willing to sacrifice his son on the altar, which that's just another thing. Like, why would God do that? Yeah. He didn't do it. He stopped him. Yeah. But he was proving it. So you're like, Abraham, man of faith, started the Jewish nation, awesome guy, even though he had flaws. Yep, and we know about totally. his flaws. But then the very last verse, like or next last verse in the chapter, chapter two of James, he throws in, oh yeah, and don't forget Rahab. Mm-hmm. Rahab, a prostitute, mm-hmm. also um, showed herself a person of faith by hiding spies in yeah, Jericho. Absolutely. Like, are you serious? Like, yeah. so God uses prostitutes and He uses um, liars like Abraham um, or like Jonah. <laughs> like he, Jonah was a pretty terrible person. If uh, <laughs> running from God, wanted the people to die. And the way his story ends is very yeah sad. <laughs> it's sad. Depression. I mean, yep. like we get it all in the Bible. Yep. It's yep. real. Mm-hmm. It's not like this like perfect. It's a perfect Cleaned book, yeah. but it's not a, per- a story of perfect people except mm-hmm. for one. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Which that brings me to another part. Uh, we'll, we'll actually save this for the end because I think this will be a good kind of teaching moment. Uh, but you kind of started to touch on it, so okay. let's save that thought. Okay. But let's go back again. What translation mm. is the best? Um, this is, I think, this is a b- very relevant conversation. Yeah, in the church. this is a great conversation. Um, and so. Uh, for you, what, what translation do you use? Do you have a favorite? Okay. Well, um, we that. use um, at the church here the New Living Translation as our primary one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I think the question of which one is the best is really personal preference. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to just to, for people to know there's a difference between a translation and a paraphrase. There, there are what we have par- called paraphrases out there. Examples would be like the Message yep. or the Living Bible. Uh, they're okay for extra reading. They they should not be your main source of reading the Bible right. because it's, they are good. Yeah. It's not supplemental, but it, right. it helps you. You know, Correct. like it, it it can allow those. You know, I have a message translation. Yeah. that There are times when I'm like, okay, I don't really understand this, or I just want to hear this in a fresh way. I just hear it. Yeah. And I'll go to the message translation. And I'll be like, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But don't take that as literal Bible. Absolutely. Exactly. So going back to it, like I grew up with the King James version. It was written in 1600s, mm-hmm. and it very much has the language of the 1600s. Yep. And then there was the New King James Version, which updated some of the vowels to you yep. and things like that. That was a little bit helpful, but there's still a lot of words that don't translate today. And so the, the New American Standard came along and very much literal. That was a very like newer, our language in the 1900s at that time, but it was much more literal word for word and didn't read very smoothly. Right. And then the big breakthrough was the NIV. Mm-hmm. The NIV became the most popular um, new translation and a lot of people were upset about that because they liked the King James version, but the NIV became a new, good, reliable translation. Mm -hmm. And then, um, down the road, the last two, I think on the scene that are popular, the most popular are the ESV and the NLT, English standard version and the NLT. And I'll, you know, biggest differences like the NLT and the NIV were both, um, translated from the original manuscripts thought by thought, right? Where the, New American Standard, King James, um, the ESV, ESV is yeah. more like word, word for word. word. Yeah. And sometimes that gets awkward reading. It's not the way, like sentences, you know, even when you study like Spanish, French, or any other language, people don't, if you translate things word for word in the same order, they don't always come across very smoothly. Right. So thought by thought, word by word. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um ESV, um, you probably, you, I remember when you were at Ohio Christian and like a lot of colleges that are seminaries and all they teach, they, they really push ESV mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's more on like a college, like a, a high school senior college level. Yeah. And the NLT, I'm just telling you, not no offense to our church, but the NLT is more like a junior high level mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. But I think that makes it easiest for people to understand right, right. away. I say um, 
you pick one you you like and are comfortable with. But when you're reading, and you have some good other reliable translations like the ESV, the NLT, the NIV, even the New King James, read it in different translations so Absolutely. that you can understand it better. Like especially mm-hmm. if it's a little bit confusing, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. And like the greatest thing is right there at our fingertips on our iPads and our iPhones, we have this app that you can just switch translations immediately right. and see the same passage. Right. So what do, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, you hit on a lot of the stuff I wanted to touch on. So those are super, super good. No, no, no. Um, my personal favorite uh, is the NIV. That's just one right. that I've always loved. Um, I usually like preach, old school now, man. I know. I usually <laughs> preach from the NLT. Um, but my personal favorite for just reading and studying is the, is the mm-hmm. NIV. It always kind of has been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I, I just, I, I get really bothered by people who are like, this is the one. Oh. And if you're not doing this one, you're wrong. And oh. my thing's like, and I'll just say this, if, if you are somebody who is bought into a translation camp, don't even have that conversation with anybody if you're not spending daily time in the Bible. Ooh, like, like don't, don't even yeah. walk <laughs> right. down that road with right. me and start right. this whole thing about this one's the best if you do not have I mean, daily it sounds time like, in the Bible. I mean, because I remember I used to get so upset with the KJV only people that are just like stuck and like, we got to keep it. Like, this is what Moses used. Like, right. It's a joke. <laughs> but okay, like the point of it in 1600s was that we have it in our current language. We have it in our language. That's so exciting. And now we're like, our language has changed, but we don't want to be current with our language. Right. What does That doesn't make sense. I remember so many times, and I used to, when I first started preaching, was using the King James because the church I was in, that's what we did. But I remember you spend so much time in your sermon just explaining what words mean. Hmm. Like, oh, I have to tell you what it means because nobody uses this word hmm. anymore in our, in our language. There's yeah, so much of totally. the King James that way. So... I think what you said, though, is so important. Um, make sure that you're spending time in the Word. And mm-hmm. I know people that read the Bible through in a year, mm-hmm. and then the second year, the next year, they use a different translation. Yeah, and absolutely. then the third year, um, go go for it. And I think those are just awesome, awesome things to do. And I, when it comes to teaching, I think it is nice to be consistent mm-hmm. and for a church. And I, I strive to always use the NLT, but then sometimes I just... I like the way the NIV or another translation says something, so mm-hmm. I'll quote that in a, in a message. Absolutely. And I learned a lot of verses in the King James growing up, and I have them memorized that way. So sometimes I have Steve's version of the Bible because it's a mixture of yeah. the current one with the King James in my head that right. I learned. And and I remember when Rick Warren became um, well-known, purpose-driven life, and and his church saddleback and his preaching became like a new style of preaching. Uh, one of the things people followed him for was like in every sermon, he would use like 10 different translations mm-hmm. and paraphrases and stuff. And people railed on him for that. Yeah. Um, I think he's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think he's doing all right. I right. think he uh, had a good impact on the kingdom. But we don't want to use things. We just, it's, it's important. And now we're going down a different trail, but yeah. using the Bible to make our point, let the text speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Don't try to find a verse to, to, <laughs> To make your point. And that's yep. where the danger can go, not just for pastors and teachers, but for anybody. Absolutely. You take a verse and it's like, well, this translation doesn't say it the way I want. So let me just keep looking until I find one that says what I wanted to yep. say. Yep. Not saying I've ever done that, but. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. Um, one of my favorite little quotes about that is if it's true, it isn't new. And if it's new, it isn't true. Um, wow. The Bible can That's speak good. for itself. The yes. Bible has everything it needs. Right. There isn't like some, you say, we need some new original thoughts. Well, it's like, no, the Bible's got it. We're just re- I mean, Maybe we what, can find a new way to phrase it. A new That's way what to we're doing. It, right. to, That's what but, sermon series are. We're like yeah. repackaging the old truth. But the truth the can Bible. stand for itself. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is 
find time to be in the word more than worrying about, okay, what translation is it? What is it? Is it good enough? Is it, we have to also understand, and this is kind of going back to what we said a little bit earlier. There has been countless boards of people translating right. and pulling from the Hebrew and the Greek to give us the translations we have. Okay? Yeah. Well, the original text, there's a lot of, um, detail taken to carefully translating letter by letter. Absolutely. I mean, so much was taken Absolutely. into account there. And so the most important things is that your translation goes back to the original text. Mm -hmm. and, and there's so much that we can talk about there, oh, but yeah. I know it's frustrating. <laughs> You've, I remember when you were in school, when you got frustrated with maybe a certain professor that was like so hung up mm -hmm. on one translation, it's like, mm -hmm. dude, yeah. Chill. Yeah. Like I would get points off if I quoted anything else anything and else? like, and, and he would like, have entire days where he would just like talk really bad about like the message and the author of the message and yeah. Peterson and, and, and there's like some that. issues and, that there I mean there's but, some things like you can't that's why we said you just can't read the message and right because like, there's some you could just take some verses and be like that is that's not it that's right. not if you go back to that's not what right that's not what it, it is and, but you know another <laughs> thing to say about that whole thing too is like Eugene Peterson the guy who mm -hmm. translated the message if you look at his life the dude was amazing Right. I mean, he passed away right. the last couple of years, but right. like his story and his his heart for God and his hunger his impact. Is, is amazing, um, sure. amazing. Yeah. So I, it, that's it's a just, whole thing we could yeah. go down. Right. But um, but yeah, this translation. I, I think this is a good part of this conversation because sure. I do think there's some confusion to what do we use and why do we use mm -hmm. it and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with different types of translations. Like you said, it's good to cross reference yeah. different verses you love and see right. how different translations talk about it. That's awesome. That's yeah. a great tool for Bible study. Yep. Um, one of my favorite communicators, I know you like him a lot too, Levi Lesko, mm -hmm. only preaches from the New King James. And to me, that's so foreign, but it, it's, <laughs> that's how, funny. it's his and style. Like it's how he rolls. Young guy yeah. doing that. It's just um, like, I think it's important that there are, there are some translations I would, I don't have a list for you, but there are some that have been translated by more liberal scholars sure. and they want to push an agenda. Sure. So, um, you know, some things that were not gender neutral, they want to make them gender neutral. Sure. I mean like, okay. Um, so watch out for that. Mm -hmm. Anything in the new version, we know who has created you version and they are vetting any translation they put on there. So mm -hmm. I think that's important, but yep. beyond that, read the Bible. Yep. <laughs> so here's our last uh, section okay. of this, and this is where I think this would be a, a cool place to land. Um, the last big part that I've kind of had some questions kind of circling around is kind of this, does God, do you think that God supports everything in the Bible? Um, and so we've already kind of walked the path of, okay, the Bible is completely true. The Bible is completely consistent. The Bible is completely, you know, uh, I'm blanking on the word inerrant. Is that the word? Inerrant. Yeah. Without error. Yeah. Without error. Yep. Um, and so we said all those things. We believe all those things, right? Um, and so does that mean that everything that's written in the page of the Bible, God supports or God believes in? God, that's an interesting question. I don't know if the wording is the best to, um, maybe are you talking about like, um, like the stories where uh, a sister gets raped, mm -hmm. like God supports that. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, it's something that happened. He doesn't support sinful behaviors. There's right. a lot of bad people <laughs> throughout history. Evil, right? Evil's been in the world for since you know Cain killed Abel. So, where God, I'm getting at here is there's a lot of people outside of the church world or even entering the church world and kind of taking this Bible and whoa, it's so overwhelming. And they read stories, you hear stories about slavery and violence and rape and these mm -hmm. things that are on the pages and violence and war, and they're on the pages of the Bible. Right. And there's a lot of people who go, well, how can you know a good God who and, and we say that the scriptures God breathed and yet there's these things in the Bible? It bothers some people. Well, yeah, and it it is, and there are parts that. Uh, Let's be honest; they bother me, mm -hmm. and not that, and not that saying God condones evil. He never condones evil. Mm -hmm. um, there's, I mean, there's punishment for evil in the Bible, and things that happen that are just 
gruesome, that are horrible. Um, there's punishment for that. God never says it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, slavery, he never said it was okay. Polygamy um, was allowed. It wasn't okay with God. God never said, oh, it's okay to have many wives as you want, right. but they did And it. let's not dance around either. Homosexuality is in the Bible, and God condones that too. Condones Condones. It? Condemns. Condemned. Sorry. Wow. Um, but and there it, you go. I mean, like, like yeah. uh, you know, that's one thing that, yeah. that sometimes we don't want to touch yeah, and we I don't mean, want to talk about. Guess what? Homosexuality is not Sodom and Gomorrah is an example of that. Years. No, all sexual sin, but that's what God called it. So yep. um, I'm going to get canceled. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. But um, it's true. Uh, the, um, the, I think the biggest hangup in all of that that's hard to defend, the hardest part to defend and explain is the nation's smiting in the <laughs> old, old Testament. King James version there, old other nations. Like yeah. God telling the Israelites to go completely wipe out the Amalekites or yeah. other Canaanite mm-hmm. people. Like just what about the women and the children? Absolutely. I mean, that's a great question to answer that one for you me. You want me to? Because I have an answer. Oh, good. I, like to, I, I mean, I have one. I want to hear yours. No. Um, what we have to understand about the God of the Bible is that he has a plan, he has a will, and he has something that either he calls a people group to, like in the Old Testament, it's mm-hmm. the Israelites, you are my people. And, and the whole you know kind of language of God in the Old Testament yeah. is I'm going to bring the Israelites to victory. I'm going to bring them to the promised land. I'm going to allow them to be successful. That was God's plan. That was God's way mm-hmm. of kind of starting this nation that led to Jesus, that led to us, that led to the church, that led to all these things. Mm-hmm. So because God has that plan in mind, what we have to understand is it might not look pretty, it might not look great, but through the means of war and violence and taking things out, because that was the language and that was the culture of the time of the Old Testament, it was a lot of war and conquering Mm -hmm. and things like that. The book of Joshua is a book of war, like there's all these things like that. And what we have to understand is God wouldn't let anything stand in the way of the plan he had. God would not let anything stand in the way of um, raising this people grew up, group up that were his children. And so from the beginning of time with the covenants he made with these people was like, I'm going to bring you to victory. I'm going to bring you through whatever means necessary. At that time, it was war. It was taking people out. It was enemies. It was conquering Mm -hmm. land. It was all those things because that's the way that the Old Testament worked. And God, we have to understand that God had a plan that wasn't going to change just because it wasn't pretty. God had a plan that wasn't just going to bow down because, oh, you know, there's some people that have to be conquered and taken over. It's not pretty. It's, It's very challenging to get into, but we have to understand that God had a plan that was bigger than, you know, it wasn't all packaged mm-hmm. with a pretty bow on top. It right. was in a real world with a real God in a real time of war and violence and all mm-hmm. those different types of things. That's how the world worked. And God was God doesn't exist outside the world all the time, but he's going to use people and redeem people in the world. And in that time in the Old Testament, those kind of means of doing so was war. And it was it was conquering land and things like that. I understand what you're saying. And but I, you're going to say something else. No, <laughs> no, I, do, I no, I I, I understand it. That's and a challenge. I, and That's I agree a very challenging. And thing. I agree with you. Yeah. I would say the same, pretty much same answer. Yeah. I just know that it it is challenging for people to understand. I, one thing, though, that I think as you read through the Old Testament, mm-hmm. you do see that God gave these other nations chances. Yeah, Like totally. they watched what God did with the Israelites. They saw the power of God, and yet they chose not to repent. Yeah. Egypt, I mean, like, are yeah, you serious? Like Pharaoh kept hardening his heart. I mean, like, yeah. and the people followed him. I mean... Um, there was plenty of Canaanite nations that watched the power of the Israelites and they'd still rebelled against them, rebelled against God. And um, there are examples of opportunities to repent, but they didn't take them. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, for us, thankful that there was a plan so that the Savior could be sent into the world so we can have forgiveness of sins and yeah. the church could be started. But it was ugly in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, God never, 
I wouldn't say condoned it, um, but he used war. That was what we created, uh, starting with uh, Cain and Abel again, and the, the conflict and the way it was brutal. I mean, but he used that to accomplish his purpose. I don't mm-hmm. think uh, God's you know smiles at anybody's dying, Absolutely. but he has a plan and yep. he's going to accomplish it. So it's yeah. not an easy one. That's no, a hard that's a answer, one. but um, and it's it, I think it's just hard. it's a hard pill for us to swallow to realize that the God of the Bible is a God who. Um, you know, he has a plan and he has uh, a mission and a purpose and, and a covenant and a desire for people and nothing's going to stand in the way of that. Yeah. You know, like that's, I think that's hard for some people to realize, but there right. might be, it might not be war today, but there's some things that I think God could still work through. Not mm-hmm. doesn't mean he likes it. It doesn't mean that he, you know, oh, this is going to make me so happy, but God can still use things to accomplish his purpose. He's, it, that's everything about God is to bring glory and, and to accomplish purposes. You know, that's who yeah. he is. He, he yeah. exists for himself. And so, yeah. you know, we get to play a role in that. And even sometimes the dark parts of history play a role in that. Yeah. You He's know? just not the author of evil. There right. is a, there's books out there. And I think there's some like some evil Bible out there to try to make God paint God in that way. Yeah, totally. That he's some evil God mm-hmm. that is just vengeful and just trying to do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, but even in that, they're assenting to him having that power to mm-hmm. do that. So I, I I take the Bible as a whole. I don't like we can get hung up on some things. There are some things that are, you know, hard to understand like that. Um, you know, we know that we're all born sinners, mm-hmm. even so nobody's really innocent. None of us deserve what we get right. in terms of um, salvation, um, but uh, it's just hard. Yeah, um, some it of it is hard in the Old Testament, but um, I still, uh, I, I have, I think there's this enough uh, line from Genesis to Revelation of who God is and God working his plan, um, and that overcomes it with faith uh, mm-hmm. to understand God had to use the means that were there yeah. in those days to accomplish. Yeah, and one thing I guess we could kind of close by saying is like, you know, God didn't change. You know, it's not like God from the Old Testament, God, the New Testament, God is a different God. It's the same God. He's He's always been and he always will be the same God. And we have to believe that. It's not like God got to a point where he's like, you know what? I need to work on myself. I need some self-help and I'm going to read some books. I'm going to get better. Mm-hmm. It's not that's not the God that we believe in. It wasn't like he suddenly was like, you know what? I'm going to do something nice and send Jesus. That's not how he works. That was his plan from the beginning of time. Humanity has evolved. We've gotten we've learned, we've created, we've invented, but God has stayed the same. Mm-hmm. It's I want it's got to be interesting. Um think about like what that's been like for him for mm-hmm. watching that over the thousands of years. Yeah. How that's all t- transpired. But here we are. Yep. Yeah. So, so here we go. Timothy 3:16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Um, all scripture is true. <laughs> I think yeah. that's a good place inspired. for us to end today. Yeah. All scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is useful. And uh, we believe that all of it is is true. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the literal word there is God breathed, that, we're, that it was breathed by God. And man, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so... What we need to do is read it, yep. use it, apply it. Go. I mean, it's not about uh, some people get the Bible's all about the knowledge, 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 knowledge. And that's great. And Bible knowledge, we're not having Bible trivia contests very often these days. No. No. It used to be a thing. Um, but it's more about application. Mm-hmm. And that's why God gave it to us yep. so we know how to live. Yeah, live it out. Live it um, out. Any other closing thoughts on this conversation? No, no, do you no. you feel like no. we de- demystified the whole Bible? Oh, today? yeah. I mean, we pretty much in about 45 minutes, um, I mean, yeah. everybody. 
we'll be sending this video to a lot of people to let For them know sure. if they want to know anything about the Bible. We've covered all. I mean, we could do a whole year of podcasts of just yeah. uncovering different things in the Bible, oh, which totally. would be cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there's probably some out there that do that. Yeah. But for the people that listen, people of Sycamore Creek and others that listen and watch, I think um, just the basics is so important. You know, I mentioned it many times, and I'll close with this, is the app, the version app, Y-O-U version app is the best one out there, I believe, for the Bible and with all the translations, devotionals, and uh, the biggest thing we've probably said over and over is read it, get into it, and apply it to your life. Yeah, and they're one of the biggest pioneers of translating it, getting it into people's hands that wouldn't have any other access to the Bible. They're reaching countries that haven't had it oh, yeah. before. If you ever look, there's all yeah. the different countries I and languages. I recently listened to a podcast of the guy who founded version. He works for Craig Groeschel's yes, church. And yes, Gosh, like, it's awesome. Do to you know they did that for that free? They They've oh, spent yeah. millions of dollars yeah. to provide for the world. Just to get it in the hands of people. The, That's the Bible. Big thing. You can criticize all day long what anything they do, but God. Holy, so my cool. goodness, that, they've given us that gift, and yeah. they they pledge that they wouldn't charge for it, and mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome. Yep. So, yeah, that's anyway, cool. Anyway. Uh, well, thanks so much for listening or yep. watching, however you choose to partake in this. Uh, I mean, people are going to tune in just so they can see your Just so they can see my Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the bottom, the cut's kind of It's showing, bottom, yeah, so but it's not cool. You can zoom in and see. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let us know what you thought of this conversation. Uh, we encourage you, encourage you, encourage you, get into God's Word. Um, it is good, and if there's questions that come up and things you struggle with, that is okay. Wrestle with it. Google it. Get into it. Uh, Cross-reference it, uh, because the Bible's good, and it's good yeah. for you. And, and today's and podcast is, an, is uh, validifies, validifies. That's sure. not a word. Let's roll Validates. I already <laughs> said made a word. Condones <laughs> things. So. It <laughs> Today's podcast validates the fact that your emails are being read and heard. So yes. we would love to hear more of your questions so that we can answer them. And actually, they're going to have an opportunity in a couple of weeks, too. Yeah, live. absolutely. A live podcast. Live podcast on soon. October 30th. That Sunday morning at 9, 30, 11, we are going to be uh, having an opportunity for you to text questions in that day. Yep. And uh, you'll be able to have them answered on the spot. There we go. The ones that we choose to answer. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. There we go. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week All right. on the In All Things podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the In All Things podcast. Our challenge for you today is to send this episode to one person. Seriously, think of somebody right now that could use this conversation and send it to them. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic ideas, please send them to podcast at sycamorecreek.org. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sycamore Creek Church so that you can always see what's going on in our world. If this conversation helped you at all, make sure you share it, leave a review, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. We love you, God loves you, and we'll see you next week on the In All Things podcast.